This is section eighty nine of Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, a biography, volume one, part two, eighteen sixty six to eighteen seventy five. Chapter eighty nine. Planning a new home. Clemens and his wife bought a lot for the new home that winter, a fine, sightly piece of land on Farmington Avenue, tableland, sloping down to a pretty stream that wound through the willows and among the trees. They were as delighted as children with their new purchase and the prospect of building. To her sister, Mrs. Clemens wrote, Mr. Clemens seems to glory in his sense of possession. He goes daily into the lot has had several falls trying to lay off the land by sliding around on his feet. For three days the ice has covered the trees, and they have been glorious. We could do nothing but watch the beauty outside. If you looked at the trees as the sun struck them, with your back toward the sun, they were covered with jewels. If you looked toward the sun, it was all crystal whiteness, a perfect fairyland then the nights were moonlight and that was a great beauty the moon giving us the same prismatic effect this was the storm of which mark twain wrote his matchless description given first in his speech on new england weather and later preserved in following the equator in more extended form in that book he likens an ice-storm to his impressions derived from reading descriptions of the Taj Mahal, that wonderful tomb of a fair East Indian queen. It is a marvelous bit of word-painting, his description of that majestic vision, when every bough and twig is strung with ice-beads, frozen dew-drops, and the whole tree sparkles cold and white like the shah of persia's diamond plume it will pay anyone to look up that description and read it all though it has been said by the fortunate one or two who heard him first give it utterance as an impromptu outburst that in the subsequent process of writing the bloom of its original magnificence was lost the plans for the new house were drawn forthwith by that gentle architect edward potter whose art to-day may be considered open to criticism, but not because of any lack of originality. Hartford houses of that period were mainly of the goods-box form of architecture, perfectly square, typifying the commercial pursuits of many of their owners. Potter agreed to get away from this idea, and a radical and even frenzied departure was the result. Certainly his plans presented beautiful pictures, and all who saw them were filled with wonder and delight. Architecture has lavished itself in many fluorescent forms since then, but we may imagine that Potter's English violet order of design, as he himself designated it, startled, dazzled, and captivated in a day when most houses were mere habitations, built with a view to economy and the largest possible amount of room workmen were put on the ground without delay to prepare for the builders and work was rapidly pushed along then in may the whole matter was left in the hands of the architect and the carpenters with lawyer charles e perkins to stand between potter and the violent builder who roared at potter and frightened him when he wanted changes while the clemens household with clara spaulding a girlhood friend of mrs clemens sailed away to england for a half-year holiday. 
End of chapter 89 Planning a New Home Read by John Greenman